Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Business Owners Radio, where established business owners get the latest insights, strategies, and practices to grow a sustainably profitable business. And now, taking care of business, your hosts, Craig Moen and Shai Gilad. Welcome to Business Owners Radio, Episode 43. In today's show, we'll be talking to Jeb Blount, CEO of Sales Gravy, a global leader in sales and customer service enablement solutions, about the why and the how behind the most important activity in sales and business development, prospecting. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Shai. Hey, Craig, you know, one of the most common things that most business owners are trying to do on a regular basis is increase sales, increase revenue. And we've certainly been talking a lot about that this month. And I have to ask you, when you think about the challenge of generating more sales, what element would you say is most critical in that process? Well, it has to start out with maintaining that funnel, bringing in as much volume and prospecting as you can to keep it consistently growing. Uh, It's a big challenge, though. Yeah, it really is in this day and age because there's so many different channels to try to reach people. And I agree with you. It's critically important to identify your ideal customer and get the right amount of people coming into the top of that pipeline so that you have enough volume to get you the sales conversions you need at the other end. And there's a lot of discussions about what's the best channel? What channel should I be using? In the end, the answer is all of them. Yeah, it's really true. I mean, whether you're looking at social selling, telephone, email, text, and even just being present in places where your most likely customers hang out. And, you know, our guest today is an expert in exactly this subject. He is Jeb Blount, CEO of Sales Gravy. He is the best-selling author of six books, including Fanatical Prospecting, The Ultimate Guide to Opening Sales Conversations and Filling the Pipeline. Jeb is recognized as one of the world's 50 most influential sales and marketing leaders by Top Sales Magazine and has led his company, Sales Gravy, to a position as a global leader in sales and customer service enablement solutions. Good morning, Jeb. Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Thank you for having me on the show. This is fantastic. We're very excited to have you here today and really excited to talk about your book, Fanatical Prospecting. You know, you've been in this business for more than 10 years and an author of seven books now. I'm curious, what was the inspiration behind this particular title? You know, Fanatical Prospecting was the book I should have written first. And I think that fate and a lot of luck put other books in front of this book because I couldn't have written it at a better time. I think that businesses across the globe are struggling with filling the pipeline. And I'm a small business and I've got a sales team and my sales team struggles like every other sales team to get on the telephones, to get on email, to use social, to do whatever we can to put things into the pipe. And so when I was looking at the next book and I was spending time with my clients and giving speeches, doing trainings, I kept hearing the same themes over and over and over again. You know, what do I need to do to fill up my pipeline? How do I get new customers? How do I fill the top of the funnel? And I was listening to a lot of experts out there that were throwing a lot of tricks out there, things that were, in my opinion, really moronic. And there was this entire group of people telling salespeople to stop prospecting and hang out on LinkedIn all day long. And I knew that there was a breaking point or a pivot point that we needed to address. And so that's what fanatical prospecting truly does. I mean, this book 
it's a little bit in your face. It's pretty direct. It's no holes barred. And I tell people the truth about prospecting. And that is that the number one reason why salespeople fail, and frankly, the number one reason why businesses fail, is that they don't get enough prospects coming into the funnel. Their pipelines are dry and empty. And if your pipeline's empty and you're not selling, your business is dying just a little bit every day. So for a business owner, where can they start? Well, as a business owner, I think that you have to start with at least some sort of a strategy. I mean, you have an idea of what you want to accomplish. So, for example, my business, we have an inside sales team, and we sell a lot of advertising. SalesGravy.com is the largest online employment advertising website in the world. And we have a very small, tight niche. We work with companies who want to hire salespeople, but every single day, we've got to pick up the phone and dial. But we know how many deals we need to have into our pipe every single day. We need to know what we've got working, and we need to know how many we need to sell at the end of the month. So it's a pretty easy backwards funnel. We're able to look at our conversion rate all the way through. And that changes, by the way, from time to time. We're in July. This is a really tough month for employment advertising because people are on vacation. A lot of budgets have been used up, and a lot of companies are starting to plan for their hiring in the fall. So our conversion funnel has got to change. We have to put a lot more in the top of the pipe in order to produce sales at the end of the pipe. So any business has got to at least have an idea of what those numbers look like And it shouldn't be hard to find out. I mean, if you're a business owner and you're selling things, you should have an idea of how many prospecting touches you make deliver, how many, you know, contacts deliver, how many people engage you in a sales conversation, all the way into appointments, proposals, and closing the deal. In your experience, what is the best way to get the right prospects into the top of that funnel? Well, this is a story that I tell in the book, but when my son was little, we played Little League. It was fun and we loved it. We had a great group of parents and a great group of kids. And we ended up having the same coaches that coached our kids all the way through from T-ball until they all had to move on to high school. And we had this one coach guy named Coach Sandro. It was a game where it was the last game of the season. We had to win the game to move into the playoffs. It was one of those bottom of the sixth inning. And you in Little League, there's only six innings. We have bases loaded. And we have two outs, and the next batter's coming up. All we have to do is get a hit. We go to the playoffs. And Coach Sandro, when this kid comes out of the dugout, he kneels down in front of him. And I'm sitting right there, and I'm hearing this conversation. And he looks this kid in the eye, and he says, whatever you do, don't swing at nothing ugly. And as soon as I heard it, I was like, that is the most profound advice I have ever heard. And this is important for businesses. What companies and especially emerging and growing companies have to do, and this isn't something that's static, it's something that's ongoing, is you have to understand what ugly looks like and you have to understand what ideal looks like. So the best way to make sure that you've got a great pipeline full of qualified prospects is to sit down and go through an exercise where you define the strike zone. What does my ideal prospect look like? Now, that doesn't mean that every prospect that you deal with is going to be ideal. But if you don't know what ideal looks like, you don't know where you'll be deviating from that particular profile. But once you get that down, then it's easy for you to teach and tell your salespeople, here's what we're looking for. Then you can grab your marketing team, anybody who's doing inbound marketing, doing lead gen, you know, all of those folks, you can adjust your inbound processes to generate leads that better fit your ideal prospect. And oh, by the way, this is something that they don't tell you in all the inbound noise is that most of the people that are responding to your web forms and coming in through any lead generation 
typically are not your biggest, your best opportunities, simply because those people don't need to respond to your lead forms because salespeople are calling them. But you've got to begin doing that, and then you've got to make sure that you are setting your salespeople up for success, that you're positioning them to win by helping them build better lists, better prospecting lists of companies that fit or at least get close to your ideal prospect profile. So let's talk about that a little bit. When you go in to help business owners, and I know you coach a lot of businesses on exactly this topic, what kinds of mistakes do you see in the systems that they have to support their sellers? You know, the biggest mistake that I see is the set it and forget it mindset. And let's just say that you're a business and you've got 25 employees and you're the CEO. Maybe you've got a sales leader in there. You might have a good sales VP, but you know, trying to find someone who has the experience to run a large sales team is pretty tough at that size of company. So you're the CEO founder. You're probably doing a lot of this work yourself. And you've got a million things going on. You're trying to raise money. You're trying to make sure you don't lose the customers you have. You've got to keep your hands on marketing because, again, you know, trying to find those resources and bring resources in at that size of a company is really tough. You're probably involved in the finances. And so you've hired a bunch of salespeople. You go out, you get them. You hire salespeople that have some experience. And you expect them to understand how to do this. And you couldn't be more wrong. And this is the place where myself as a CEO and founder, I've made this mistake and I'll probably make this mistake again, is that I have this belief that because I'm thinking about it, because I know it, that through osmosis, they're going to get it too. I recently sat down with a group of sales leaders and had this very conversation with them. And my message was clear. If you expect your salespeople to build really solid lists of highly qualified prospects, think again. Salespeople are myopic. They're going to focus on whatever's in front of them right now. And you're driving them to sell stuff, driving them to sell stuff, driving them to sell stuff. So they're going to take the path of least resistance to close whatever they can get their hands on. And by the way, that's why sometimes you end up with crappy customers. But more than anything, they're not thinking strategically. So as a leader, it's important that you peel some time off. And I suggest doing it when you can sit down, maybe even with your marketing person, and get into your CRM and take a look at everything that you've got in your database and help them build better lists. And at the same time, when you're focusing on pure lead generation, so you've got your salespeople out there you know, trying to find opportunities by doing research on social and all those type of things, you also tell them, here are the type of companies, here are the type of people that we're looking for. And as they begin building those lists, you've got to get involved hands-on and begin coaching them and keeping your eye on it. And that, again, doesn't mean that everybody's going to be perfect all the time. It doesn't mean that you have to drive yourself crazy trying to make everything just right. But I can promise you that if you use the set it and forget it mindset and expect your salespeople are going to figure it out on their own, uh, you're sadly mistaken and you're going to continue to have mediocre results and suboptimal performance that holds your company back. Yeah, it sounds like you got to filter out the ugly early. You do. And you've got to teach your salespeople what ugly looks like so that when they get into a deal, or when they open up a deal that they know. And the other thing, and I think this is important with the ugly, is this. If you're not putting enough stuff in the pipeline, if like you don't have enough stuff coming in, your salespeople will settle on and work on ugly deals. A lot of those deals will never close. But they'll work on those ugly deals because they got nothing else. And you're pushing them, and you're driving them to sign more stuff. 
And if they're not constantly filling the pipeline with new things, those ugly deals become the only thing that they work on. And the best way to flush ugly deals out of the system is to continuous every day, every day, every day, every day, put new deals, new opportunities in the pipeline. And when that's happening, you'll find that naturally, without a whole lot of coaching, the ugly deals have a tendency to go away because nobody has time to work on them. I love this concept because this overlays with productivity and productivity, whether it be in sales or whether it be in strategy or any other part of the organization, we hear again and again from business owners that productivity is their number one challenge. And one of the biggest parts about being more productive is understanding what to get rid of. And so what I'm hearing you say is, yeah, if you want your salespeople to be more productive and more focused, help them get rid of the junk they shouldn't be doing. Absolutely. And productivity is a big deal. And as you listen to business owners talk about their salespeople, this is the biggest heartburn they have is I've hired this person. They're costing me a lot of money and they're not producing anything. And productivity becomes sort of a trash can that we put all of our complaints with about salespeople into. But think about it like this. What we want our salespeople to do is be efficient. We want them to get as much done in the least amount of time and be effective, have the highest quality output for the time that they spend. And for me, efficient plus effective equals productive. I had a salesperson the other day go, go, so you're saying that we need to focus on quality over quantity. And I said, no, I'm saying I want both. I want quantity and quality. And my message to business owners and business leaders is that the quality is, is going to come from your coaching. You have to set them up for success. And at the same time, Again, if you are a business leader and you've got salespeople, if you take on the set it and forget it mentality, you're not going to get the quantity that you need. So what you have to do is you have to help your salespeople block out time during their day for particular activity. I was doing this just yesterday. We have a brand new business development rep. And the way we work it is we typically bring in um, SDRs, BDRs, people who do nothing but prospecting and lead generation so that they can get used to our system. And then we promote them into what we call a full desk. In other words, they're doing prospecting and they're selling and closing deals. And we found as a small business, it's easier for us to bring people in because we've got a pretty brutal sales environment. But I'm sitting down with this person and her coach and her leader. I'm coaching her leader to help her block that time out in 30-minute increments. So, for example, they wanted her on LinkedIn to do some legion. They were giving her some list of people to go look up. And my message is if you just give her that and say go do some legion, she's going to start at 9 o'clock in the morning, end at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and we're not going to get anything out of her other than a handful of names off of LinkedIn. If you say here's 30 minutes – I need 10 names. We're going to get 10 names in 30 minutes because most people respond that way. So the hard thing for business leaders, and this is difficult, is that they have to get really, really good at getting hands-on with their salespeople and basically mapping out their days. Now, it's a little harder with an outside salesperson who's got a lot more freedom, a little easier with an inside salesperson. But again, a lot of leaders take their hands off. Well, I don't want to micromanage people. And this is especially true with entrepreneurs and A players. I mean, like you guys built businesses. You've worked in big companies. I've done the same thing. It's hard for you to change your mentality with salespeople. But salespeople need that level of structure, and they need you to help them get that level of structure so that you're getting the most out of their days. So you have a limited amount of time every single day to sell. 
And for a salesperson, their income is going to be limited by how they choose to spend their time. And as a business leader, the productivity, the ROI you're getting for the sales heads is going to be limited by how your salesperson chooses to spend their time. Jeb, as a business owner, what should I be looking for in recruiting and hiring a sales manager? So for a sales manager, you need someone who is a coach. This is a critical part of selling. So a good sales manager should not necessarily be the best salesperson in the entire world, but they should be a fantastic coach. They have a couple of things going for them. One is they understand strategy. So their default is, how do I get my salespeople in position to win? If you're hiring a sales manager and their default is reports and managing you know, systems and looking at dashboards and they understand how the CRM works and you ask them questions about how they spend their time and their day and they describe a day where they're spending time on their computer and things like that, don't hire that person. You know, If you're a small, mid-sized business, you have to have a dynamic sales manager who is hands-on and working with your team. At the same time, you need a sales manager who is a good communicator builds great relationships, and is focused primarily on helping their people win. And I describe this person, by the way, in my book, People Follow You. One of my very favorite books, I've written seven, it's my favorite book of all the books, because it describes exactly what a great sales leader would do. A great sales leader would focus on what am I doing to make sure that every day when my salespeople wake up, that I'm getting them in the right place at the right time with the right customer with the right message. It's no different than, for example, you know, one of my favorite basketball coaches is Coach K. But if you see him on court side, when he's sitting with his players, that's exactly what he's doing. He can see the entire game. He can see the strategy. And he's aligning his people and aligning the goals of what they want to accomplish in the game to all of those particular talents and the other team and where they need to play and how they need to move and adjust and flex to what's happening inside or on the court. So for a sales leader, you've got to look to a person who can think strategically, who can do more things than one, who is totally selfless and focused on making the salespeople better, not themselves better, and who has the ability to get hands-on with their people without being a micromanager, but understands that they've got to be there every single day. And I've always said this about sales leaders. When a sales leader is not standing in front of a salesperson, that sales leader is not doing their job. Now, what I just described is, you know, Craig, a very rare human being. And so you're not always going to get this perfect human being. But that's the difference between someone who is a transactional leader who is not going to take your business forward and someone who is a transformational leader who is going to help translate what you want from yourself team into reality and into results. Very helpful points. In today's environment, there's so many different forms of prospecting and cold calling, mass mailings, industry shows, and even going into email and social media. What's been your recent experiences? How is the market trending? Well, for me, and this is my most recent experience, and my recent experience was yesterday afternoon sitting on my sales team. It's a balance. The problem that we face is, and you described this earlier, Shay, you said, you know, we've got business leaders who their biggest headache is productivity. And if your biggest headache is productivity, and that is both in activity and in results, sales that we're getting in, you're always chasing a magic bullet, magic pill, looking for the next big thing. I don't know if you ever read the book or saw any of the shows on Don Quixote, but it's like tilting at windmills. You're always looking for something else. And there is no new best thing. There's balance. 
And what I mean by balance is there's all types of channels. We've got the social channel. We've got email. And we use some amazing tools on email. You've got the telephone, which by far, end of day, is your best prospecting mechanism, period, end of story. And it will always be our best prospecting mechanism because it's efficient. We can talk to a lot of people in a little bit of time. And we can leave voicemails that both help our messaging and our marketing and create familiarity. And we can actually get people on the phone as a human being. You've got text messaging, which we use all the time. Now, text messaging only works with people who are familiar with you, but it works. I bought something the other day from one of my vendors who sent me a text message and reminded me that there was something in my business I needed to address. You've got in-person prospecting. So if you've got an outside sales team or you're local, getting out on the street and knocking on doors. But whenever I'm with someone who says, well, I'm really good at this, or this is the only thing, or this is the emerging thing, I can tell you that it's a business or a person that is sub-optimizing their pipeline. The best thing to do is balance all your prospecting across those channels based on your unique situation. And I'll give you an example of this. Yesterday afternoon, we put together an email campaign to a particular list. And that email campaign went out at 8 o'clock this morning. Now, what we're able to do, because we use HubSpot, we use a program called Tellwise, which we really, really, really like, and we are able to, through those different mechanisms, I also use some bulk emailing like Constant Contact and MailChimp. So we're able to use some different bulk emails, but we send out these emails to a very tight, very targeted list of people. At 8 o'clock in the morning, that went out. My salesperson came in. They had their initial prospecting list ready to go this morning at 8 o'clock. We got on the telephone. By 8.30, we were seeing the people that were engaging with the email that we just sent. What we have found is if we send an email and then we can watch when the email is opened, that when we call right then on the spot, we know they're at their desk, that our results from that, that means we're getting in the sales goes up in the neighborhood of around 33%. So we get a 33% better result by calling all the people that just opened the email up. So we know they're engaged. We know they're opening the email. At the same time, the email that we sent out, we have an attachment in there. So in this case, it was a sales interview guide. So there's an attachment in there. It's free. They can download it. The attachment sits on a website. When they go to the attachment, it's a PowerPoint slide. They can open it up and look at it. Well, we have a program that allows us to do proactive chat. So one thing, we're calling all the people that open the email. But the people that are engaged and they're on the website, we can see that in real time. While we're on the telephone, we're able to send a proactive chat. And we've learned that if we can ask a provocative question and we can get them to engage, that we can flip about 50% of the people that are online and we chat with into a telephone conversation. That telephone conversation allows us to move them into the pipeline and therefore into potentially a sell. Now, that's using a lot of mechanisms. At the same time, we use a program called KiteDesk. We use KiteDesk to build lead lists and to do research. And we use LinkedIn to go in and look at family trees. And we look at who's doing what, when. We grab that information. We're able to scrub that against some different databases, do some research. I've got a team that picks up the telephone, qualifies the opportunities to make sure that they reach our ideal prospects. We drop them into email lists and in phone lists. And a lot of times we'll dial first. Then we send an email. We send voicemails. So we use this entire system. And what that allows us to do is take advantage of all the channels and get the biggest bang for our buck, the highest productivity, quality and quantity all at the same time. What I just described to you really, really fast, if you're listening to this, probably just boggled your brain. But it's not that hard, but it's really hard if you're a business owner or a sales leader and you are hands-off. 
The only way that happens is I personally have to go get involved with my sales team and I've got to coach my sales leaders to do the same thing because it's easy to pick one channel. What I just described, it's not easy to do. It's a strategy. It's getting my salespeople in front of the right prospects at the right time and using every channel possible to engage prospects who honestly are getting hammered everywhere. But my very best prospects, everybody wants to talk to them. So if I'm not aggressive and persistent and I don't use multiple channels and multiple ways of getting in touch with them, I'm going to end up missing out to a competitor who gets there before me. Jeb, what you've just described is a very extensive sales process, very sophisticated. If you were coaching someone coming into the picture as far as starting out, they have some business and they're rolling and they have a salesperson, what key elements should they start with? Well, I think that the most important thing if you're starting out, and I did this, I mean, when my business was just me, I started off by investing in a CRM. It was a little bit of money. It was a hard thing for me to purchase because when you're first starting a business and you're starting to invest, you're looking at every expenditure and you're looking, is this going to add value to my business? But I made that investment. And then when I brought my first salesperson on, I got another seat. But when I first started my CRM, I had 12 records. Today, we have more than 40,000. And we have some lead lists that sit outside of our CRM because I don't want to junk my CRM with stuff that doesn't help us. But today, you know, think about it. We started with 12 and we're over 40,000 now. So when I bring a new salesperson on, I have an immediate list of prospects that have at least been vetted. And those prospects then I can give to a salesperson who can begin reaching into them to try to identify a buying window. If you're in a contractual sales, it's a lot easier. If you have contracts out there, then you know when those buying windows are. I don't particularly work in contractual sales, so my buying windows are based on budget, based on timing, based on trigger events, based on particular needs that show up. And so we're always reaching out to try to find those places. So my salespeople aren't calling into just stupid leads. So if I'm starting out, the one thing that I'm going to invest in and really work hard on and be crazy about is my database. Then as I'm leveraging and deploying inbound marketing, and that's the process of bringing leads in, and most businesses are working through either content marketing, through their blog, or through creating webinars or reports or guides or things like that that they can bring people in. As those leads come in, then you can have someone vet those leads and then get those leads into your database and build your database, build your database, build your database. And I've got a client of mine that when I started working with them, they were doing $45 million. Today, they're doing $100 million. And that was three years ago. So you can imagine that type of growth is just insane. One of the elements that contributed to that growth was they had a huge database of untapped opportunity with customers that had come to them and left or come to them and hadn't purchased. And they had done a beautiful job of maintaining and building the database. They had done a pretty poor job of tapping into the database. And so one of the strategies that we used when working with them was we tapped into this database of about a half million people, our businesses, companies that they sold to. This is a business-to-business company that sells capital equipment. And they exploded their sales by just reaching out to companies who happened to be in the buying window and they just happened to call at the right time. And this is where being fanatical about prospecting, turning over every rock, looking for every opportunity is critical. But that's a lot harder when you bring a salesperson on and they say, who do I call? And you go, well, 
Go get on the internet and find some people. Or you're trying to hire salespeople who come in with their own databases. We use in the old days their own Rolodex of people. The problem with that is you get a lot of also rants and retreads within your industry who you're hiring because you think they know people, but they're salespeople that no one else wants to employ. And you just pick them up because you're a small business and you're desperate for somebody and you're trying to do everything else. So you bring in someone who's not going to serve you very well. Jeb, thank you so much for spending so much time with us today. Uh, just fantastic content. We really appreciate you coming on the show. Well, sir, it's been a great pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on the show. And with that said, we've been talking about prospecting, particular fanatical prospecting. You can pick up a copy of Fanatical Prospecting. It's been a number one bestseller on Amazon since it was released last year. It's being translated into languages all over the world. It's just been a really amazing ride. This book has captured something that people are looking for. You can get it on Amazon. You can buy it on Barnes & Noble. It's sold at every one of Barnes & Noble's 640 stores. You can buy it anywhere that you can find books. If you want an autographed copy, you can go to salesgravy.com. Here's what I want people to know about Fanatical Prospecting. We did something unique with this book, and we took the book, and we went beyond just the book because we know that... This content is so deep, I could have written a half million words on it. So we created a website called fanaticalprospecting.com. On fanaticalprospecting.com, there are videos, there are online courses, there are articles, there are downloads, there are forums. So, for example, you were asking me, Craig, about tools and what people should use. We have an entire forum on tools. So people who are using different tools come in and talk about them. And when you sign up as a member, you get access to all of this. There's one caveat. Um, It's about a $1,200 value. So you go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble, spend 20 bucks, buy a book, and there's a code inside the book that gives you unlimited access to these tools. It's about, again, about $1,200 value for a $20 book. And I promise you, you will not be disappointed. We're adding new content every single day, new videos, new courses. And I love this. I have so much fun interacting with our members. It also allows you to ask me questions and things that, if you you want to follow up on, on things we talked about on this particular podcast. So go buy Fanatical Prospecting. I guarantee you, I guarantee it is the one book you'll buy this year that will make you and your business more money. Our guest today has been Jeb Blount, CEO of Sales Gravy. You can learn more about Jeb and his book, Fanatical Prospecting, in our show notes at businessownersradio.com. You know, Business Owners Radio and Audible.com have teamed up to offer you a free audiobook copy of Fanatical Prospecting. You can download your free copy of the book by signing up for a free 30-day trial. Just look for the free audiobook trial and the audible.com logo in our show notes at businessownersradio.com. Thank you for joining us on Business Owners Radio. We hope you enjoyed today's show. As always, you can read more about each episode along with links and offers in the show notes on our website, businessownersradio.com. We want to hear your feedback. Please leave comments on this show or suggestions for upcoming episodes. Tell your fellow business owners about the show and, of course, you would love the stars and comments on iTunes. Till next time, keep taking care of business.